In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, can people actually change? The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's really about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q Dog, with my wife, Jeannie Moran, in the Moran family studio. What is up, baby? Not much. That is not true. There's a lot going on. That's not your question. You said, What is up? There's a lot up. Anyway. <laughs> See, this is why we don't have video cameras. We've got to get <laughs> this video thing going. People are asking. They want us on video. We've got to figure it out. I don't know how we're going to do it. We've got to figure it out. I don't want to. Stop doing that. I don't want to. No, it's it's just different. when. But people... I can't do it in my jammies. I disagree. We could do it in a jam and grit. Oh. Anyway, that was fly, fly. Uh-huh. Anyway, hey, don't forget, if you're new to the program, you can email us. It's genie, J-E-A-N-N-E, at mvsmpodcast.com, or Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, at mvsmpodcast.com. wonder if I should create one more. It's like questions at mvsm. Do we really need another email? No, 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 no. I monitor email enough in my Mm -hmm. life. Uh, That's a good word. Thank you. And uh, if this show has made a positive impact on your life, um, please go and give us a raving review. It just helps us broaden the platform. Okay, on to this. This is a show that uh, I really want to cover because I want to challenge, A, you men listening to the show. I want you to man up. Um, I asked the question, can people change? Can men change? Can women change? Um, and it's obviously, it's obvious to me that you have a desire to change because you are listening to this program. That's the genesis of this program is a, it's our experience. You know, we're not, we're not famous to where people just want to hear the crap that we have to say, you know? Um, so that's not it. It's really about marriage, which is, which is interesting, but I, in light of recent events, through the process of bringing um, people into our home and helping to guide them and raise them and get them on the path, only to be utterly and totally disappointed by their life choices. Epic fail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And subjecting our family to different, you know, different experiences, which I think in the long run will be good. In the short term, it's... It's really painful. You get to wondering. I started losing hope in humanity. And I know that sounds so, like, so over-dramatized. But I started losing hope that people could actually change. And uh, it started slanting my view on who and how do I help people. Um, Just for being what I think is, is being taken advantage of. I, I think you allow yourself to be taken advantage of, and that's the thing is that you kind of get worried about putting your heart out there again 
being taken advantage of because really are people capable of truly changing? Now, if I take a step back and I ask you that question, um, honey, are people capable of changing? I think they are. Good, good, good. And I think they are too. Um, and that doesn't mean the show is over. Do I always trust the change? No. <clears throat> and the question I think really is, why don't people change? Why do they say, why do people say they want something, but then they don't change? Why do people say, I want uh, to get healthy, they don't change? Why do they say, I want to start whatever it is? I want to get my life straight. I want to get on path, uh, on the path. I want to do this. I want to be this kind of person. Why do people say they want to change, but they do not change? And I have a question, you know, here for you today. I want to get, obviously, your perspective as, as a woman on why women don't change. I know you only represent one woman, and I represent one man. And then I'll give you my thoughts um, on really what it comes down to. And this is going to be a short episode, guys. I give you my word. Oh, I hope I didn't screw that up. Um, but I want to know. Have you found yourself, honey, losing hope that humanity can change, especially after recent events? No. No, I think people can change. If they choose to, they can. We've just come up against a lot of people who have said they want to change. They temporarily do it to get whatever need they need met, and then they go back to what they're doing. Yeah, I think... I can... Um, there are certain things in my life where I cannot be swayed. I'm pretty set, like strong. Mm -hmm. But then there's areas in my life where I can believe something even though the facts in front of my face tell me this is not. Like I force myself to have belief that it can still happen. Um, even just knowing that the product in front of me is not. Then I go back to my like my own experience with me when even now I still want to get leaner than I am now. I am nowhere close to what I was before. But even as, you know, 380 plus pound guy, it's like I want to change. I felt helpless and like I was in a prison. I couldn't change until I really decided it was time to change. But I... I started changing physically, but what changed me mentally or emotionally to where I began to truly execute the change to become the guy that I said I wanted to be. And I think one of the one of the things that I had to do was really evaluate, like go for allow my imagination to go forward and evaluate and say what matters to me. And I, I think each of us should do some type of exercise like this. I'm the kind of guy I want to make a positive impact. I want to matter to people. Not from a sense of like, I'm famous. Um, like from Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? 
but I want to matter to people. There's a weird, there's a weird part of me that when I'm not around and people think of me, their thought is that's a good dude that would help me. That's a good dude that cares about me. He legitimately cares about me. I want, and one of the things that really helped me with that is what I wanted my wife and my children to say and think about me, which I really, to an extent, I have zero control over. But that is what caused me to really reevaluate who I was and say, if, in, in just going back briefly to that, that uh, funeral experience where if I get a bird's eye view of my funeral and my wife and my kids and my closest friends are talking about me, just sharing their experience with people who maybe didn't know me as well to say, this is who Quincy Moran was. And then coming back to the day, present day reality and saying, am I living according to those things I want people to say about me? Am I on the path? Does my current path, does that trajectory lead to these things? And at the time, it did not. Because the very thing I wanted, which was to matter and to be a great husband and a great father, I wasn't doing those because my efforts were being pushed towards what I thought our biggest problem was, which was finances. But really, I can hear you crunching those Cheez-Its, by the way. Um, I'm going to start chewing this gum, and then it's ri- we're just, everybody's just going to turn the freaking show off. Give me 30 minutes of no Cheez-Its. <laughs> that gum. Um, I had to look at that and say... But I can't change. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, that was a low blow. Um, I look at those things and I'm like, okay, well, in this sense, I thought the biggest need for my family was to bring more money in uh, because we were struggling so bad financially. So I was out chasing dream A, B, C, and D, hoping it would one of them would catch, take off, and then the finances for the family would be rectified. When truly what my family needed was my presence in the home. What they needed was me to be there. Um, and I was there, but it was... I don't know. It was more of a scheduled time because I was trying to do something for the family and I was just misguided. A lot of times you do what you see. And I did that. My dad was always gone doing something at, um, he was trying to make business when I was younger. And then when I got older, you know, it was work and it was church and he was always out doing something, but really, I don't know why I didn't get the lesson any sooner, but I would much prefer just to have had my dad around, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to reevaluate myself and really say, what is going to cause change in my life? Now, I had tried to change so many times before that, just relative to my health and my weight loss. And in order for this to change, I don't, there's just something in there that you have to believe. But I believe I, I, from my perspective, the very, thing now look we can without a lot of hard work we can change uh for worse not for better Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't take a whole lot of effort to change for the worst 
you can just allow whatever circumstances are going on in your life to dictate to you and you begin to change, whether it's a negative mindset or it's destructive behavior. But with that being said, I had to come up with a mechanism that would allow me to flip a lever and to change because what I wanted meant so much to me. And that's to be like loved and adored by my family. So that's where I had to change the game and how to do it. Well, here's the thing. I think the foundation of it all comes down to this is that I did not trust myself to change. I did not have faith in myself to change. Um, there were outlying consequences that were getting closer and closer. And some of those were acute because of our, where our relationship was. It was very apparent that I needed to change, but I did not have the trust that I would actually change and follow through. And that is something that I had to come to terms with. I did not trust myself. And if you, if you just, you know, externalize that, if you are dealing with somebody that you truly don't change or that's given you lip service year after year, how much trust do you have in them? You can't even take them at face value because you know what they're telling you. Maybe it's well-intentioned, but it's just not going to happen. If you internalize that, you know. You know whether you can come through for yourself or you cannot. And ultimately, that foundationally for me had to change. I had to be. Now, look, there were other people. There were, there were examples I could give of people who could count on me. Probably had to do with work or at that time coaching football or what, whatever number of things. But I could come through for them because I felt a certain sense of obligation to keep my word, but was I even keeping my word to myself? Thereby was I keeping my word to my family. So that was one of the major parts and it, that came into changing. And then there were things that, like I'm a very visual guy, I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy, you, like I, and I say that not to say that I'm crying all the time, I say that to say that the right speech can get me motivated. The right speech, me giving the right speech, um, can motivate me. The right mindset can motivate me in order to regenerate or rejuvenate myself and whatever I'm going through. But I had to come to terms with, can I trust myself to come through? Because you know there are people in your life that you can rely on and when the crap hits the fan, you go to them and they come through for you. But are you that kind of person for yourself? And I, I wasn't. And that's why until that time, I didn't change. Like there was no permanent change that I could look to. And, you know, there are things when you are looking on how to create change, I think, you know, as... As a man of faith, God brings things in your life to help build you. And then there are life itself will challenge you. But I, one of the most effective things, and then I'll, I'll go to you, honey, after I tell you this. 
one of the most effective things was Tony Robbins saying in an interview that decision-making was like a muscle. And what you need to do is like when you're going to make a decision, all the emphasis is on the pain of making the decision. But if you turn that around and you make the, the, the pain, the emphasis on the pain is not making the decision. Now you start to like empower your mind because really it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt more if you don't make the decision rather than making the decision. And that, that revolutionized my way of thinking. And that helped me as I began to rebuild what my philosophy was or what my operating system is internally. And it's led to some very successful change in my life. And, you know, what, what made me think of it the other day is I was listening to a speech um, by Nick Saban that somebody had put up, and uh, it was the year after Blake Sims was the quarterback, and he's just talking about what's the key it's not about the plan it's not always about the process but it's more about the mindset of what you're doing and i was just looking through i was making a joke in an email and i pulled this up and i saw it was like um mediocre people hate high achievers and high achievers hate mediocre people i was like oh this is interesting let me see what this has to say but he started diving in to mindset and it's doing, it's almost like a biblical principle too. It's what helps you and what hurts you. It's when you know there's something you need to do, but you justify yourself out of doing it. Or you know there's something you shouldn't do, and you justify yourself into doing it. So how do you effectively create permanent change in your life so that you as a human being change and then have the necessary effect on the people that are in your lives, the necessary impact, the long-lasting, the things that are going to be eternal that you take with you to this next walk of life. And ultimately, for me, it came down to trust. And trust is humongous in my life. It's, it's paramount in yours and my relationship. Can we trust each other? So I think from a and, – and I only speak for myself as a man, I've you know – when it, when it really comes down to it, and it's like I talked to that guy Jack on the Uber ride, and something I've been really processing through for a long time and, and learning how to discover more about it, but it's what I call internal credibility. Do I have enough credibility within myself? Do I believe myself that if I start something, I'll finish it? Do I believe that if I start or I change that I'm actually going to follow through? Do I trust me? Because if I don't trust me, Ultimately, why would other people trust me? And I'm a guy that's like, when nobody's looking, I want to do the right thing. That, that is me. Mm. That is not every guy, and I understand. It's not every girl. I understand that. But it's up to me, in like morally and ethically, how I want to live my life. Because I want to do what I say. I want to say what I mean. Mean what I say, say what I mean. Whatever other cliche that goes along with that. I think it begins and ends with your ability to trust yourself. And if you're a guy who can't seem to change for the better and it's not long term, I think it comes down to trust. Honey, mm. why 
don't women change? I can't speak for all of them. I know. I kind of made that caveat earlier. Um, I don't know. I guess it would be the same reason. We don't trust ourselves. We don't believe that it's going to stick. Or sometimes it's just it's too much freaking work. It's too much freaking work. So I look at I look at that idea and I think is it not a lot of work just dealing with the disappointment of not changing? I don't know. I think people look at changing as well first, why do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Is it for you or for someone else? That's going to determine whether or not they're willing to do the work. Okay. And what about the idea that you look at what you actually want? Because I'm going to, like I'm framing this up. I didn't really intend to do this, but I'm framing this up because the the emails that we have had generally have to do with, you know, as they've come in, not all of them, but they, they come in and it's like, my wife I want to prove to my wife that I'm changing. I want to prove that I... You don't I, have to prove. You just have to do it. Well, in a sense, if you're doing it, you will ultimately prove it by your actions. That's my point. You don't have to... If you're trying to prove something, then you're trying to point it out. You're trying to make it obvious. Change is not going to be obvious right away. Change is an overtime kind of thing. Your dietary changes happened so freaking often that any time it was a change, it was just like, okay, whatever. I didn't really put a whole lot to it. It it didn't matter because it was just something else you were doing. You know, it was like another project. Until you got to the point of this is what I'm doing and now you've stuck to it for the last six years. That is a change. That's one that you don't have to prove to me. I've witnessed it. Um, well, in a sense, though, you have to prove things to yourself. True. So there is a proving period, and it's not just talking about everything you've done. It's actually doing it and allowing your actions to speak for themselves. But it's got to start. It has to start somewhere. Because if it's, if it's if, like if you're saying it's just too much work. So really, is it like, do you really want the outcome of what you're talking about? Because what does too much work mean? It depends on what you're talking about. I know. Changing is what I'm talking about. No, that's not what I mean. What are you trying to change? What is it that you're asking me specifically? Because you asked me an overall umbrella question. Yeah. Why don't people change or why don't women change? Okay, these are the three reasons I would give you right off the top of my head. These are the three reasons. But now you're getting into specifics. So ask me, what are you specifically asking me that they won't change? Let me reflect on uh, just some of the things that we've talked to our listeners about. Um, how about why do some women like uh, resist the idea of changing communication? 
Well, I would question if they know how to communicate. What have they learned? What were they taught? What does it look like? So what is communication to begin with? Yeah, because my understanding of communication between my parents is very different than yours and my communication now. Yeah. So you've got to ask some questions there. You know, if if she's resisting changing how you, you communicate with each other, I, for me personally, I would think there's things that she doesn't want coming out of the dark. That's just me. Um, that's kind of not necessarily like bad things that she's hiding from you, but it might be things about herself. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? You, we all have those things that it's just like, I, we just don't talk about it. It's something you don't like about yourself. It's something that you're battling with yourself. Maybe it's something that you don't. Um, maybe you think someone thinks something else about you, and it's something that's ingrained now. So you hold on to it, and you don't want to discuss it. So you leave conversation topical, very surface. If you don't try to get to the bottom of the iceberg, you're not going to get to the bottom of the iceberg. And that's kind of where a lot of people sit. I sat there for many, many years. I didn't want to know what was in there. I didn't care. I mean, I did, but I didn't want everybody else to know what was in there. So I left it alone. But you didn't know what was in there. Like the the picture I, of the iceberg is this. What you see in the top of the surface is not the largest part of the iceberg. There's a lot that's hidden beneath the surface that you have to kind of identify. I'm going to go stop that alarm. I, ha I had an idea of what the iceberg was for me, um, but I didn't know for certain. And I didn't want to, at the time, I didn't want to discover what it really was because then that meant, A, I have to face it, and B, I have to address it. And I wasn't sure I was capable of doing those things yet. Okay, well, there's actually an indication. I mean, you're answering the question there. So maybe some of the reason that women or maybe the some of the reason you didn't change was because of fear of facing yourself. Can you think of an example where you didn't change this particular situation because you were afraid to face it? Maybe your depression? No, depression I didn't know how to face. That was different because I didn't know what was causing it. Um, I thought that my depression was because of pregnancies and all the hormones and all that kind of crap because that's what they feed you when you have babies. Is, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but that wasn't why I was dealing with depression. We gotcha. had we had been slammed, yeah, so many ways that I didn't know which way was up. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> my depression was masked as just survival. I could put on a smile, I could make people think we were great, and I could move through life no problem. But internally, I was dying. Um, that wasn't one that I didn't want to face. I honestly just did not know how, and I think that's that could be a lot for some women is they just don't know where to start. They don't know what they're looking at. True. Um, if you can't identify it, you, you can't go after it. So you that's know? another thing is that you're saying you're lost. I was, I, I had to, that's why I went to Rita. I mean, that was 
that was what started the catalyst of everything was i don't know what the hell is wrong with me yeah but something is not right and i'm tired of it not being right and i need to fix it so i needed somebody who is not in the middle of everything that we were dealing with from the outside looking in to start asking questions so that we could figure out what was going on and what i was trying to face Um, so there were things that you 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 didn't change because you had a fear of facing them thing those things or yourself you felt lost and then you needed support like outside support in order to affect that change yeah okay that's fair i mean that that makes a lot of sense to me i'm not saying that this is the exact thing that is the reason that women don't change i'm and I, I'm not even saying it's particular to women because it could – this is a situation where it could be the same for guys too. I'm saying in my experience, I wasn't changing because I couldn't trust myself to come through. It was well, see, that's the thing though. It's not – I don't know if it's necessarily – okay, for me, I'll, I'll put it on myself. Some things I wasn't sure about, like when you and I first started counseling, first thing I said was he won't want to come. He's not going to come. He's not going to do this. Why? Because what I had seen, what I had learned, and what I knew was guys don't show up for this crap. The women go to the counselor. They spew their stuff. They come home, and then they fight it out. And after one or two sessions, he's done. You have the problem, not me. That's what I lived in. That's what I saw. So when it came time for us to do that, I was, I had faith in what I knew, not faith in what could have been. I didn't want to hope because if I was wrong, then that meant that you and I were going to have to make some tough decisions. It was easier to just survive. You know, I, I didn't know that you and I were going to walk into Rita's office and this was going to be a whole different scenario than what I had in my head because I'd never seen it. Did I surprise you? Um, yeah. Good. So did she. Yeah. Because uh, even in that, I had a hard time just admitting I needed to go see someone. Of course. To talk to them because as a kid, I was taken in to see a pastor for some issues that I had. Shocker, I didn't agree with him. You know, uh, my mom and dad went to all types of therapists for marriage. Various different types of therapy. Not a damn one worked. That's what I knew. You know, I went to counselors at school. You know, they tell you, you have an issue, you go to your counselor, your counselor will help you. My counselor screwed crap up. Yeah. Big time. Caused huge rifts in my family. Took things out of context. I didn't trust anyone to help me. Well, and that and and that's the word trust just further articulates what I'm saying because before that I could really only trust myself to screw things up. Well, see, and I couldn't trust anybody else to help me. So if all I had was to trust in myself and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it, it's 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 a rock in a hard place. Even now, I st- I'm still there. When we were moving, 
I felt like such an a-hole because people were like, well, we'll come over. We'll help. We can help you pack. We can help. I didn't know how to say what I needed help with because I don't ask for help. Outside of you or our kids, it is rare that I will say, I need help with this. I don't have that ability to trust too many still. Well, in, in that case, too, it's hard to ask for help when you're so overwhelmed. You don't know where to start. And that's, I think, where a lot of people are. If you look at it from that perspective, if your marriage is failing, your job is having issues, maybe you've, you're going through teenage years with kids, okay? Our situation, I'll, I'll use us as an example. Yeah. We had kids in the hospital, in and out. We had autism diagnosis. All of this within the same span of three years. Our marriage was on the rocks. We weren't communicating. We almost lost our house twice. We weren't making the financial plans that we thought we were going to be making. My parents had moved away. Our support system had moved away. So I was way overwhelmed, extremely depressed. And on top of that, I was trying to find and remember who I was because when you and I first got married that person was nothing like the person I was after say baby five I was completely different by then I had been hammered by church I had been hammered by situations I had been hammered by a financial crisis I had been hammered by physical and emotional ailments I just could not see straight all I knew was I'm going to bed now I will wake up in the morning and it's another day yeah and that's that's where I was I didn't know I needed help until I got to the point of I honestly cannot remember a damn thing about myself I couldn't I'd get I I learned how to fake all the tests I learned how to pass all the personality questions um in what got me was when I first started to trust, I got burned. Yeah. And that was just another reminder for me of I trusted the wrong one. And that it, it set me back because if I can't trust the people who say they're there to help me, then I've got nothing to fall back on. And if I screw up <laughs> and I've got nothing to fall back on, then I'm the one that's going to blow it. And I just couldn't face that. So when that situation came about, Rita was the first one to say, just let me try something. Let me ask you a question. And then it was another question. Then it was another question. And the more she did that, the more I was able to actually focus in on what was wrong and where I was losing myself and slowly started realizing, okay, maybe... This is all circumstantial. This is not me as a person. This is my circumstance. Yeah. You know, um, maybe this is not my marriage per se. Maybe it's just we're not talking. Now, my marriage wasn't crap. It just didn't. We, we just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. We didn't have the best examples. I love my parents. I love your parents. I will not speak a, a, an ill word against them. Their marriages are their marriages. They did what they could with what they had. Sadly, you and I took what they had, and that was the only knowledge we had available. So we had to rewrite the whole story. Because once we got to that point, it's like, that. well, 
but that's not how I saw it. That, that's not how this works because this is what I saw. This is how things went with this and with that. And then having a, another voice come in and say, but that's not you. That's their marriage. It's not your marriage. So why are we comparing apples to oranges? Let's stick to apples. You know, we'll, we'll go from there. But I didn't know. I mean, even now, I still get the same way. I get overwhelmed with different things going on, and I can't focus long enough to make a specific decision. That's where it's all it's very easy for me to say, I'm going to talk to your dad about that. Because I don't have the capacity. It's too overwhelming. And I don't know how to change all of that at one time. There's a lot of things. I think that's that's a lot of the issue I have is I will get excited about it and I want to change a bunch of stuff all at one time. And then about day two, it's like, oh, yeah, that was not the smartest idea. And then slowly I start screwing up because I've taken on too much rather than focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. And so I told you the other day, I, you know, my weekend I'm having a little bit of fun with my food and my beverage or whatever, but during the week, because our schedules are so chaotic and there's too many variables right now for me to say from this time to this time, I'm going to do my classes. And from this time to this time, I'm going to write or what have you. It's like, no, you know what? The only thing I can control right now is eating as clean as I possibly can and getting to the gym at least four days a week. And I've stuck to that commitment for myself. It's the only thing it's like this I can control. The only one who can change that is going to be me. Now, the time of day that I go might be different. The food that I eat may be different. Like I told you, I'm not 100% clean. I might be 75% clean on Monday, and Tuesday I might be all the way. It varies, but I'm not knocking myself. I'm just sticking to I can control these two things about myself. And then once I have the stability in that, now I can take on something else. Mm -hmm. So three days into it, I decided, okay, this is working now I have the kids' work schedules and your work schedule and the things I need to do. On the, I don't have set days. I'm not setting specific days. I'm just looking at the calendar and saying, okay, this week I have four hours Wednesday where I don't have to drive or take care of anything specific. I'm going to set it up with the littles to watch these two so that I can have two hours to watch and work through my classes. And then I tell them, this is what I'm doing This is my schedule. Can you help me? So at least I'm getting, I do it twice a week. So this week I got four hours worth of classes in. That, that's the only thing I can think to do. And by not setting it in stone where it's like on Tuesday, I have to do this. And on Thursday, I have to, I don't have that availability with our schedule. So for me, it's more. Pick the things that I can, I can hone in on and allow myself, I have seven days to do these things and then put it in my calendar for just that week and don't look at next week, don't look at the font, just this week. This is what I'm doing. Like last week, I went to the gym Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Friday. I skipped Wednesday and the weekend. This week, I went Monday through Thursday. I took Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Because that's what my written schedule allowed with what the family needs yeah. and what we have going on. 
I don't trust myself to stay consistent if I try to lock it into an actual fit schedule. I, I just can't. With, with what we have going on, it doesn't work for me. And then I feel like a failure because I can't do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I have to look at these are the variables I can control. How do I control them? And then make the adjustments. It took someone else stepping in and telling me, you need to just take one thing at a time. Like Jeff says, do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Do the next right thing. Okay, cool. If I can manage two weeks of eating at least 75% good, I feel okay. It's not perfect. I know it's not perfect, and I'm not going to get the exact results I'm looking for. But it's 75% better than I was two weeks ago. That's what I have to look at. Um, is it a permanent change? Not yet. Am I still holding on to, will I keep it? Will I not keep it? Yeah, I'm still wavering there. But I'm trying to just keep myself accountable to just these couple of little things mm -hmm. until I can take on more. And then once it's changed, it, it won't take anybody else telling me that. I think that's the, the other part that screws people up is if you're trying to change and you talk to people about it, they have a tendency to point it out when you're not doing it. And if you don't have permission to do that, you better shut the frick up because I'm not going to do well with it. I'm pretty sure most other people don't either. You know, we're all, I'm already battling myself. I don't need you pointing out. I'm like, are you really going to eat that? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, unless you've welcomed that particular level of accountability in your life, I understand. But in, And to me... You know, just listening, listening to you, you've you have come to terms with this is the way I need to start my change in this particular area because I know your health is a place you want to get to, and ostensibly you're putting your toe in the water to see if you can trust yourself to come through. Well, and you, I think it's partly before what I used to do, um, and I always failed at it. I've always failed at this, even working with PJ. You know, I got to get to the gym X amount of time per day for this, this, and this. And I struggled because if I got to the gym late and I didn't get home until late, dinner wasn't ready. It just felt like I was dropping responsibilities to fit what I needed. And then I'm kicking myself because I'm dropping responsibilities. And it, it might sound stupid, but for me, it frustrates me. It frustrates me to no end when I can't get things done. And the reason I'm not getting things done is because I'm doing something for myself. Yeah. That's really, really hard for me to swallow. So this time around, I just decided I'm not locking it into a time frame. I'm giving myself seven days to do these things. And then I just have to figure out in my schedule, where does it fit? And as long as I'm hitting it, you know, when, when Mo and I go into the gym together and we go earlier in the day, there are days where we work together and I stay on her routine. And there are days that I say, you know what? Today is just a cardio day for me. You go do you. I'll meet you in an hour. Yeah. Um, and I don't kick myself because I'm not strength training that day. I just look at, I've had a lot of stress today and I just think an hour of cardio is what I need. Yeah. You know, I, it's, <clears throat> but it's a learned thing. I don't think we all just jump in and go, okay, I'm going to do this. You have a switch 
dude, you can look at something and go, okay, I'm cutting sugar. And the next morning you wake up and sugar's gone. How you got to that point, I will never understand because I do not have the same switch. <clears throat> I, I might be able to turn it off for a day or two, but it slowly creeps back up in the week. So I, I don't know how to flip it the way you do, but I do know how to say, okay, I'm going to take it back a little bit and I'm going to start there. And, uh, and then I can take it back a little bit more. It just depends on what people are trying to change. And how much are you trying to take on at once? And is it something you need someone else? When I first started trying to get healthy, I needed PJ. Mm -hmm. I had to have someone who knew what to do to tell me what to do. And then I didn't have to think about it. It was just, these are the exercises. This is the food plan. You're going to do these things. And then we're going to discuss it in seven days. Okay, cool. Dude, I got a playbook. I am golden. I don't have PJ here now. So I had to go back to what do I know? How does it work? What were the failures? How do I fix it? I can't do the same schedule I did with PJ. I can't even do the same food plan right now because we're still figuring out a grocery budget. So it was like, okay, I can do X, Y, and Z. And I'll just adjust as we go. Until we get everything else laid out, I got to do what I can. But I think as long as you're doing something, it's better than nothing. I mean, that's, I'd probably push back on that. As long as you're doing something that is a step in the direction of the goal, then I would agree with that. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, it, if it's a step in the direction and it's consistent. Well, I, and, and, and I agree with that. <clears throat> and I, in my mind, the more, the more you do this, the better you'll start to feel about you. We'll take going to Rita. I was, when we started, I went once a week by myself. And well, no, it was once, once every two weeks by myself was what it started as. Let's just see if I can open up. And it was a test. It really was because Rita's not going to waste her time. And it was, here's the, the conversation. Here's your homework. In two weeks, I had to present my homework. I hated homework and I hated feedback. Those two words, my son and I are in agreement. <laughs> they suck. But I kept with it. And then when she said, okay, let's bring Quincy in. Like, Ooh. Okay, I don't think he'll do it. I really don't think he'll do it. And then it shocked the crap out of me because you showed up and you didn't just show up. Then it changed from, okay, now we're going to meet once a week. Or <clears throat> we're going to meet once every week. Every other week was just me. And every week in between was the two of us. Okay. It wasn't anything drastic. It was just show up to the appointment. Yeah. Just freaking show up. I could do that. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever came out of the appointment, it was whatever I put in. In the beginning, I didn't put a whole hell of a lot in because I was I knew her. I knew she is going to get to the bottom of that iceberg, and I was not willing to go there yet. But I was willing to say our marriage is in trouble, and I need to work on that. Mm -hmm. So that's where we focused. And as we focused on that, gradually she was able to start peeling back things about myself. Mm-hmm. 
And then those things started to change because our marriage started to change. I wanted to be better. Mm-hmm. But had I not just showed up and had I not admitted to myself, I need somebody else to help me with this. I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. I can't see straight. It didn't matter what I read. It didn't matter what I listened to. It didn't matter what podcast you were throwing at me. I could not see. And everybody has a different mechanism. I think one of the catalysts for me was not only the thing at church, you know, the living life by design, but it was meeting PJ. And she awakened, she awakened that athlete in me, the competitor in me that had gone dormant. Well, and she spoke in a manner that was very blunt and straight to the point of what you were talking about. Other people would, well, you could do this and you could do this. And, you know, you could look into PJ's like, no, this is what you're going to do. And if you're not, there's the door. <laughs> well, just, you know, looking just in just a quick review. If, if there are areas in your life that you want to change, like deep down that you truly want to change, I think I would uh, kind of check each box and, if you need to pause it because I'm about ready to line these out and then just kind of give run, run these things by yourself as you're like, I want to change X, Y, or Z start out with, do I trust myself? Do, do I have the credibility to be trustworthy enough to believe that I'll follow through? And then Review, review whatever this is in your life and say, am I avoiding changing or sabotaging myself for fear of I'm going to have to face me in whatever this situation is? And I'm afraid to face it. I'm afraid to fail it. True. The next thing is, do you know where you are or do you feel lost in that circumstance? Are you overwhelmed in this circumstance and trying to change because of what life is giving you right now? And finally, do you need some type of support to get you on the good foot? Do you need somebody to bounce these things off of to help you understand what is the path forward? to change it depends on what the the situation is that you're changing i mean you can use the example of if i go to the gym prior to pj if i went into the gym i wouldn't know what i was doing i had to have a trainer walk me through the machines and give me a basic overall workout anybody who's new to a gym that's just a smart thing to do because you don't really know what you're doing if you go in and you start hitting machines you could screw something up it's the same thing here I needed help getting out of my depression, but I didn't know it was depression and I didn't know why I felt the way I felt. I needed Rita. You and I had issues in our marriage that we weren't admitting we had issues in our marriage. We were just kind of going day to day. We needed someone else to point out and help. You know, when your diet stuff came up, we needed PJ. She's a nutrition person. This is what she does. This is her expertise. That's where we started. And when we got through your medical stuff, we went back to PJ. This is what the doctor says. Can you help me adjust? 
because that's her expertise. If you're trying to change something that you yourself don't fully understand, you need to find who does, who's the expert in that. Where yeah. can you go to get that help? If it's, um, you know, if, if you're a faith person and you're looking to, to get rid of an old habit or something that, that has a hook in you, go to your pastor. Go to a, a friend that you trust in the church that will hold you accountable if that's what you do. If you have, I have a best friend and she and I will go back and forth and I will tell her, if you don't hear from me in X amount of time, check in on me. Make sure that I am not going under because I will go dark fast. Mm -hmm. She's the only one that has that permission besides you to call me and say, hey, what's going on? But I need that. I know I need that. Yeah. That's what you're looking for is who's going to, who knows more about it than you do or who's willing to come alongside you while you navigate. And, you know, honestly, if you need some type of direction, Gene and I don't claim to be professionals by any stretch of the imagination. We are experts in some things. But if you just... This is what's helped some listeners, and maybe this, I, I know this will help you. Write us your story, and give us the opportunity to tell you a story about you with your own words, and allow yourself to be outside of it, to hear it as if you were hearing a friend talk to you about their life. And then if you need direction um, or advice you know, we can, we can provide that to the best of our ability. If you already have people in your life that you trust, just run whatever this thing is that you want to change. I don't know. There's, there's so many things. I, my thing was I just wanted to be a better freaking man. I wanted to be a better husband. I wanted to be a present father. And those are things that I had to change. Um, run, it, run it through this particular wash cycle. Maybe there are other things that we didn't cover. Maybe there's something that you know um, about yourself. But just allow this to be an opportunity, A, to revitalize you and to give you hope that people can change. And you're one of those people. And it starts with just making the first decision to do it. Thanks for participating in the episode. Sure. You're welcome. No, wait a minute. Thank you. <laughs> what? That was a preloaded. You're welcome. You didn't mm -hmm. even thank me. I was thanking you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you too. I love those blue eyes you got too. Those are pretty awesome. Thanks. Show them to me. How did we end up matching today? I don't know. The kids pointed it out. We're both wearing gray glasses. We're wearing the same shirt, and we're both wearing black shorts of sorts. That's a funny thing. Anyway, I love you, baby. Love you, too. All right, that's Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man versus Marriage. By the way, I know I lied. I own it. It was not a short episode. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You got to live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Yeah.
This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.